This wasn't a meteor at all. It was a test firing of an EMF device. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's November 22nd, 2009. Time again for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 150. This is no agenda. Halfway through Sarah Palin's tome and still able to breathe. And coming to you from the minimum security containment cell, Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West, San Francisco, California. Good morning. I'm Adam Curry. It's going to rain here in northern Silicon Valley. I'm John C. Devorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. <laughs> well, that was spotty. That, that, that was crap. You, you, you stepped on me. You broke up. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I didn't break up, up here. I, I sounded perfect here. <laughs> I sound pretty good myself. <laughs> on your end, you sound wonderful. Hey, good morning, John. Uh, top of the morning. Top of the morning, in the morning to you, everybody. How you in doing? In the morning. You know that I was playing the show for uh, Will the Hairdresser the other day. He loves the show, by the way. Who? Will the Hairdresser. Okay. And uh, it's funny because, you know, and I love just... Is he one of the guys that work at our office? No. No, no. He's a guy that Mickey found, and he does our hair. He, we had him do Nick's hair, too. It was pretty cool. When you see Nick, tell him his hair looks great. I know what to tell him. Okay. <laughs> right. And uh, so he loves the show. He loves listening to it. No, but, he just, yeah, for the nice, and you tipped him more, right? No, 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 no. I love you guys. You guys are the best. <laughs> no, he's more gay. He's more gay sounding. I like, I like the Austrian thing. No, I think you should do the gay thing. And um, but what was really interesting is that he, I get what we we're talking about. Uh, what did we have on the last show? It was always oh, about me winning the uh, West Dre- Worst Dressed Man Award. But what was interesting, he said, you know, wow, you know, it's amazing how you guys spin this Worst Dressed Man Award thing into the whole topic for the morning show. I'm like, huh? That whole in the morning thing—it really does make people think that we're doing like a morning zoo. <laughs> I like <laughs> well, it. We are. I we like it. That's what we're doing. I like it. <laughs> I think we're succeeding. It's really—it's groovy. A morning zoo about things that matter. Yes. So um, in, instead of Bubba the Love Sponge. So um, Mickey and I uh, jetted off to uh, Vegas Friday. Uh, a friend of mine was uh, was uh, attending the Casino Expo, and uh, oh crap, what is all that? It's like I got a million. Yeah, times. I don't know. Yeah, so he was attending the Casino Expo. Okay, and uh, he's a good friend from the United States. Uh, I think it's a p- appropriate place to have it. Yes, it would make sense. And he said, "Hey, you know," uh, and he's from uh, from the United Kingdom, and he owns a couple clubs and stuff. And so I said, "You know what? We're going to come over and see you." And at the airport at uh, SFO, I picked up a copy of Sarah Palin's Going Rogue. You got the right one. You didn't get Going Rouge. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. And uh, so two things. My first experiment was, you know, and it's kind of funny because Mickey said, uh, do you want a bag with that? I'm like, no, I actually, I want to carry it under my arm and see if anyone responds. Uh, no response, by the way. I, I couldn't detect anyone giving me any looks of disgust or or anything of the like. And I'm about halfway through it, got to tell you, not bad. Not bad. Well, if you know, for, so let's presume it's a lot of dirt, isn't there? A lot of dirt. No, this is what's so interesting. That's what I was expecting. 
No. Yeah. There's not a lot of dirt. No, well, not in the first half. It's it's. Oh, well, for, who the heck cares? No, then? no. I'll tell you what it is because you will care when you read it because it's kind of her own little media assassination, which is what I like about it. Assuming that it's true and assuming that she actually wrote it, it is a story of a true all-American girl who is very involved. Actually, has as far as I can tell, has quite a bit of um, executive political chops from very, very small town politics has gone through, you know, kind of all of the, the different steps and was completely against party politics and got fucked because of it. That's what it seems like. And so all these things like Trooper Gate and the book burnings. Yeah. So she explains literally, because this happened many, many years ago, she explains how what really happened and how the local press portrayed it. If anything, this is an assassination on how piss poor our political journalism is. Well, we know that already, but did, did she go into great detail on the fact that she's deep into the separate, separatist movement? No, haven't, haven't gotten there yet. I wonder if she mentions it at all. I wonder. But, you know, that again, you, you, you read this book and you're like, hmm, okay, so that, that sounds like what was reported was bullshit. And then, so how can you believe anything else? And we know that when, I mean, it's coming from a place where I've been in the public eye in, in a, in, in a very, on a very small scale and knowing what gets out there and what the memes become, you know, I, I'm like, okay, I have some compassion for her. If anything, I still think women of the United States and of the world should be outraged that she was treated in a completely sexist manner. Well, I agree with that. Completely. Because she's actually probably intelligent. Uh, and she wrote a book. I mean, come on. That's, <laughs> not, that's not easy to do. I think. So I'll finish it, though. I'll have it done by, uh, by Thursday. And, uh, you know, but to, when we heard the... Rachel Raddow and um, Rachel Raddow, Rachel Maddow. <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> let's call, let's call her Rachel Maddow and and Madame Marie Ox. Uh, the way they were harping about you know about this minute stuff about the Katie Couric interview, it, it's clearly such a small piece of the book. Um, but it's it's cute. It's uh, <laughs> you just gotta love a woman who names her kids after like airplanes and stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Piper. Well, now I'm glad that you've become a Palin fan. I'm not saying I'm a Palin fan, but I'm glad I'm reading the book. And uh, I think everyone should definitely, you know, if someone like this puts a book out, you know, to say, oh, I'm not going to read, like my family, oh, I'm not going to read, it's not high on my reading list, it's not on my Amazon wish list, then you're, you're a douchebag. You know, you can't, then you should have no place in the conversation. You, you need to read these things and then form your own opinion. And I'm reading Lenin. <laughs> I hear he's going to be big one day. <laughs> he has an actual shot. <laughs> uh, okay, executive producers. Yes. Oh, we have more than one. Who's uh, who's on deck? Yeah, we for have us? three. Oh, cool. Everybody wanted to get in on the act because this is show, as I believe, I, I believe this is the case. Show number one fifty. That's correct. Episode and so number one fifty. Yes. So we have people who wanted to be. Uh, the executive producer for show 150. So we have two associate executive producers and one executive producer as it, as it goes. And uh, the uh, we have John Stevens of Laguna Woods. He has actually given before of uh, $200. And Matthew Carey, uh, who uh, is from Eastwood, South Australia. Nice. And he uh, gave us 250 
And then curiously, our executive producer is Lawrence Roik, R-O-I-K, who specifically said he wants to be the executive producer for one show 150. And he's from Margaret Atwood's which is also in Australia. In fact, we're getting more Australia money than American money. People in Australia are appreciating us more than the locals. Well, let me, so let me, let's just set it all up properly. So we have this uh, episode's executive producer of No Agenda 150, Lawrence Roik. Lawrence, R-O-I-K. R-O-I-K. Lawrence, you can put that on your curriculum. You can put it on your resume. We'll vouch for you. Please uh, list it properly. Executive producer of the award-winning nominated um, no agenda show with um, famous gadoods Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak, and uh, it it can act. You know, it, it looks good, and it can actually get you gigs. Well, and the other two get associate executive producer listings. That's right, Matthew Carey and John Stevens uh, as well. It's not bad. It's not bad to be an associate executive producer because it basically means you know you put up some of the money and did none of the work and got all the actresses. It's That's good. what they do. That's what executive producers That's exactly do. Exactly what they do. And everyone knows it in the business. So when you show this on your resume, whoever's on the other side of the table will go, hey, good job, dude. Right on. Excellent. And uh, we have so uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Carey uh, mentioned cabaretconfessional.com. Oh, what is that? I don't know. I didn't look at it. Will I'm, you I'm please? I'm afraid to look at it. Will you please remember that we have a couple of uh, make-dos for our uh, our producers later on? Yes, we do have one in particular. You have it, I hope. Oh, we, I- have, we have a, a, a self-imposed layaway night, and we have a, uh, a correction to make. You have those or you don't have those? You're I don't in, have. Well, you know, if you don't, you see, you're in charge of the money. You're in charge of all that shit. If you don't take care of, you know, I mean, you're the guy that's supposed to be taking care I, of. I'm just now, kidding. I have to track them. Oh. I'm joking. Oh, I'm sorry. We have a bunch of layaway nights. <laughs> In fact, we have a new night, which is the point. Ah, nice. Well, anyway, John, Carol. Okay. John this was a, a very interesting week in uh, a number of ways. And I would have to say that Climate Gate, which I just love it when we've got a name for it so quickly. Well, it's uh, every, that's because Gate it comes to mind instantly. Yes. Well, where's the Gate. <laughs> of course, uh, it's a derivative of Watergate. But do um, you want to get into it? Sure. Do we have a climate change jingle? <sighs> you know, we, we, cert- we need a climate gate jingle. That's what we need. Very interesting. Of course, by now, I think everybody knows, because I believe every single one of our producers sent at least one version of the link. <laughs> everybody <laughs> said this one. You guys going to talk about this? You're going to talk about this? You're going to talk about this? You're going to talk about this? And, th- and then after that, you get, in case you haven't received it 10,000 times, here it is again. Yeah, here comes my phone for some reason. Mm, that's okay. But but you know what? I really don't mind. I highly appreciate it. You guys are on the ball, and uh, it's just funny because you can just when something happens, it's it's almost like a uh, uh, a gateometer. It's, your email just becomes gate. It's all mm-hmm, gate, and it just flows. And then the twitters come in, and it's good. You can really tell that something's hot, and people are all all over it. And it really tells you. Well, hold on a second. This is literally on the radar. And this, of course, is the. Are you on the phone? Or am I just make? No, I'm right here, making up space here. No. There's no thing. <laughs> you go. <laughs> you're on a roll. I'm just filling up space until you're done with your phone call. 
And uh, so this, of course, is the and, – and I have said before, I think on this show maybe, uh, maybe a year or two ago, that I firmly believe if we are to be saved, then it's going to be the hackers who are going to do it. And and my theory or my my assertion is kind of coming true because thank God for hackers. You know, you, you know, you can you script kitties out there. You can be be doing all kinds of stuff. You can build your little botnets, and you can you know you can do your denial of service attacks and all of that fun. But when you do stuff like this, when you break into one of the, the one of the leading sources uh, pushing climate change, which conveniently is a change by itself, because of course it used to be called global warming and uh, now it's apparent that when these documents and emails were stolen which of course i immediately got a copy of and i've spent most of the week pretending to be at work <laughs> uh, i'm really busy man i'm, I'm working on uh, i'm working on that nutrisystem thing I, I got no time for you and i'm like <laughs> reading emails from 1996 from uh from this uh, archive that this hacker took out and, and it dawned on me first off this um this institute what is the name of this place again, John? Where, uh, I don't have it in front of me. Where the documents were taken from? Yeah, the climate. Some it's some. This is the major place where most of the stuff is done. These are the very same guys, and we had. And of course, all these stories will be in the show notes at noagendashow.com. These are the very same guys who said, "Oh, we don't have the raw data of all of the temperature changes because we ran out of disk space." Right. No, the whole thing is uh, is a uh, uh, to me this uh, entire episode, which was to be anticipated, uh, because at some point you know these guys you know they're yakking amongst themselves. Da, 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 what are you going to do now? Well, these guys say this. What are we going to do about the deniers? I got an idea. Or what are we going to do about the, the skeptics? They call them, and then, of course, then you know somebody dreams of. Well, I got a great idea. Let's just call them deniers, <laughs> and then we can. Uh, which reminds me, you know, of that other guy, this character who just was just being interviewed on uh, on our on our local. Uh, in fact, I should have taken some clips from him. Now that I think about it, this guy just wrote a book called Deniers, or de- you know, whatever it is, and uh, he was de- on. De- no, uh, no, it's de- isn't it denialism? Denialism. Denialism, right? Denialism. Anyway, he <laughs> guy's a, a real called- douche. He's a total douche, and the fact is, is that he was on the Michael on Krasny's uh, public radio show, and we know about public radio. Uh, and it wasn't like there was nobody. It was not even a back and forth. It was well, what else did you find out? Well, what else did you find out? Well, what else did you find out? And this guy's just going on and on about you know that how people they they think that there's they, they question the flu shot and it's holding back science and they question this and it's holding back science and they don't want to believe in climate change. It's holding back science. All progress is coming to a standstill because of these these people. You know, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Uh, thalidomide's the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> what? Well, thalidomide. You know, which was this great breakthrough aspirin substitute that made people have babies with no arms or legs. <laughs> and this oh, is that's like, cool well, stuff. you know, you, you, if anybody would have questioned it, they would have been a denialist. Oh yeah, of course. Well, now the beauty of of being called a denialist or a denier is it's a meme that is set specifically. Uh, to conjure up images of Holocaust denial, which means you are the worst personable scum of the earth possible. Uh, and, and that's, right, it's a know, transfer it's, word. Transfer word, yeah, it's exactly what it is. Yeah, you use this word to br- to to bring a c- certain kind of subconscious feeling, a negative one, based on something that's got nothing to do with this. But you just transfer the word over to something else, and then people, oh, you're a denialist. Oh, you're the denier. You're a denier. 
So what's interesting, uh, there's a couple. So it's the uh, University of East Anglia's Climate Research Unit, CRU. And so here's the story that I, I picked up from October 9th. So this was already kind of on the way. At uh, mid-August, the University of East Anglia's Climate Research Unit disclo- disclosed that it had destroyed the raw data for its global surface temperature data set because of an alleged lack of storage space. <laughs> I love Why don't that. they just go to Costco? <laughs> yeah, pick up a, a couple of gigs. Terabytes. <laughs> oh, terabytes. No problem. The thumb drive was full. <laughs> So, uh, so we could have known something was happening, and maybe that maybe in fact that's what spawned this. And now we read in some of these uh, emails and documents that they were literally talking about destroying the data. So, and by the way, no one has made that connection between those two stories. I haven't seen that. I've only you, you just know, did. Yeah. Well, of course, that's that's what we do. In fact, if you really want to know what we do, let me uh, explain to you exactly what our formula is. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. So, of course, um, the mainstream media, or what is increasingly becoming fringe, since how many people actually read the New York Times? Lamestream, they call uh, well, it. Lamestream. Oh, that's a good one. Lamestream media. So, what's interesting is how will this be presented to the public at large? Because on the internets, uh, you know, we're, we're on the cusp. We're not quite over the tipping, tipping point yet as to use a popular phrase. And people aren't actually taking the time out of their busy television viewing scheduled days to do some of the actual reading themselves to dive in and see what, what, what it's all about. And if you look at how the, the mainstream media has been reporting it, it, it may, it may fizzle out. Of course, people are calling this the smoking gun, the mushroom cloud, the bombshell. Uh, let's see. We have the Times in the United Kingdom. Emails allegedly written by some of the world's leading climate scientists have been stolen by hackers and published on websites run by climate change skeptics. There we go. The skeptics claim that the emails are evidence that scientists manipulate data in order to strengthen their argument that human activities were causing global warming. And by the way, I don't think this is... uh Already there's kind of like a, a fake meme in there, which I think is irreversible at this point. The uh, The documents don't actually talk about human-related global warming. They're just talking about global warming, the raw data itself. So this is already being steered in a direction that's saying, well, okay, so maybe these scientists fudged a little bit about human causes, but they're still global warming. That's That's what's going to happen, I think. That could be. I'm, I'm looking at this. Uh, I've, I've been trying to. That's why I haven't, you know, boned up on it enough to remember the name of the organization who they stole the data from. But uh, we can just call it the CRU. CRU is good enough. There's a couple of screwy things about this. One, of course, we did have a, one of our producers write in saying this looks like a CIA deal. A hit job, yeah. A hit job because the timing was just pre uh, this this Copenhagen event, which is coming up in December, which is obviously dead in the water or DOA. That you know, but that was dying. But I don't think that was the necessarily it because that my understanding was that whole scene was going to be uh, it was, was, was going to happen yeah, there anyway. It was already kind of being backtracked. Yeah, there would be no definitive deal, and maybe John, maybe that's because the, there was already knowledge this is, this was happening or taking place, or maybe 
Uh, someone had telegraphed from uh, the CIA side saying, hey, you know, we got we got a potential bombshell coming out, and that's maybe why some backtracking started. It, that backtracking, that all of a sudden Obama coming out saying, well, we probably won't have a deal at uh, this year's summit, maybe next year, that came out of the blue. All of a sudden, with no explanation as to why. So I'm thinking... Yeah, I'm, no, I'm that think- did come out of the I'm blue. I'm thinking producer Kerry is... Uh, is has got something there that, uh, in fact, I have some other data later on that shows that there is kind of an all-in-all out war going on between um, people on the Obama side and people on the banker slash CIA side, kind of the old guard, if you will. Whatever the case is, this whole thing is interesting, and and the, and the funny thing is, of course, they, so they there was a lot of re, you know you see the reports two different ways depending on what side the media is on, which is typically pro global warming, which is uh, you know these haven't been confirmed or these haven't been denied. Well, right uh, right now the CRU has confirmed that these are the proper documents uh, and that they were stolen, so that confirmation is out there. So that so these are legit legit documents. And then they're trying to get a hold of numerous people that whose documents have been uh, blown out, and they can't seem to get a hold of any of them. No, no one's, <laughs> he was on vacation, not available for comment. But it's 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 actually what they're. I mean, the fact that these scientists, oh, hundred percent agreement, all scientists agree. I'd like to get that Garofalo thing uh, back up. We can find those old clips about or Joy Joy Behar going oh, on and on. Who does he think he is? Is he a climate scientist? This is a known fact. Every single scientist the world agrees on this and that kind of nuttiness which is disgusting if you ask me the lack of skepticism and just this this lockstep nazi-like following of whatever you're told to do uh is is really the problem I, that i keep seeing out there and it's just it's i find it distressing and this is well this is ex- in fact exactly what al gore is saying is um his mantra is the science is clear you know, the, it's undisputed. The science is clear. You cannot get around this. It's been discussed. It's over and done with. And that's a very dangerous thing to say in science, because throughout history, there's pretty been some pretty clear science issues on the world is flat. You know, some some basic stuff. Thalidomide. Right. And uh, Der Spiegel in Germany. Just before this broke, which, oh man, it, you're right, it feels so much like a setup. Uh, I think the day before, the Spiegel came out with uh, some actual climatologists um, from the, uh, let me see, where are they from? Uh, Britain's Hadley Center for Climate Prediction and Research literally came out and said, you know, I hate to say it, but effectively over the past decade, there's been a zero degree increase in temperature. You know, it just kind of sucks. So we've got to figure out other ways to, you know, to spin it, to spin it, to spin it indeed. And so, you know, but uh, we haven't had more hurricanes and we haven't had all this other stuff that Gore predicted in his movie. Well, what we have had, and uh, this is just happening in Gitmo Nation East, uh, Flooding, yeah the the worst rainfall in a thousand years. So this, of course, will be you know what they they go out there they seed the clouds or they shoot their orgone cloud 
cloud busting machines. Or let- <laughs> Shit, man, we're losing on this. We've got to distract attention from sea. And why does it happen in the UK? You know, well, of course it happens there. It, had, it hasn't it haven't had this much range for a thousand years. This whole scandal huh. breaks in the United Kingdom. Let's get some rain going. Well, you know, there's always flooding somewhere every year. This year is theirs, their, their issue. We had a lot of rain up in the Pacific Northwest. It was close to creating all kinds of havoc, but it didn't. It's been really bad. There's been bridges collapsing, and, and, and I've been there when... Uh, when actually, it, it's rained pretty bad in the past five years in the U.K., uh, and when it rains, they oh man, the the highways flood and people get stuck for days and can't go anywhere, and it's pretty bad. I was there in the seventies where we had some big storms in London, and it flooded the subways. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I mean this isn't new. So anyway, uh, so let's just what else we got? Let's get off the global warming thing. I don't think it goes anywhere. I think uh, it's gonna this will resolve itself. We'll probably pick up on some uh, subtlety in the weeks ahead. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it... Well, the weeks ahead, of course, the only thing that really matters... Because it's, it's very important to, ch- to track climate change. And, of course, the climate changes. That's why it's a great word. You know, it's, it's a great meme. Yeah, climate changes all the time. We have seasons and we have all kinds of stuff. Climate changes. But they move that away from global warming, knowing that somewhere, somewhere, the shitstorm would hit. The shitstorm has hit. Um, you know, so the only question is, what will they use now as a discussion point for the cap and trade bill? Because well, the thing, well, there, yeah, the cap and trade, this may be actually a way of, of killing cap and trade. That's what I'm and, hopeful for, yes. And, uh, cause cap and cr- trade, crap and trade is, it's gotta be the worst possible thing that we, we could happen. Because it's phony, it doesn't do anything about emissions, it's just a phony baloney market created to, to create der- kinds of derivatives that are unregulated you know so somebody can scam somebody else out of some money and it's actually it's a form of taxation i don't think there's any question about that and, and it doesn't do anything that's the, the key um maybe this has something to do with that i don't know well but these scientists have got a lot of explaining to do about them fudging the numbers yeah i mean and, and it's and there's a there's a fantastic uh link that's it'll be in the show notes from uh bishop Dot com, and it is uh, what is it? The Bishop Hill. Um, it's just a it's a blog essentially, and he's this guy has done a the best synopsis I've seen so far of all of the different documents with links to the original documents, so you can you know you can see the actual source data, which is kind of what journalism should be all about. And so all of these kind of bombshells, and there's about 20 or 30 of them, are all listed in order. Go ahead and read through it because, you know, it's not. By the way, I have to compliment you on the show notes. Well, thank you. I think these show notes, people should look at these show notes, and they're either linked to at curry.com or one of the websites, but you can always find them somewhere. These, this is a tour de force, these show notes. If, if people haven't been giving us enough money, they should look at these show notes and give us money for that, those notes alone. This is a resource. It, it, well, it's a resource. It's laid out very specifically so that you can get through it to it through, uh, you know, like SEO tricks and stuff I do. So that if you're searching for a particular topic, hopefully you'll hit our, uh, our show notes. Um, I have a, a system for saving notes, which is <laughs> my brain hurts <laughs> from doing. All, you know, no matter where, no matter where I am, if I see something that's like, hmm, that's interesting, I, I put it into the system. And a lot of the stuff in the show notes is not actually discussed on the show. 
but it is categorized under you know some basic categories like uh, swine flu, uh, Gitmo Nation. Well, climate. everything's discussed in the show eventually. Yeah, but not always. And it could week. be stuff that we discussed before a couple of weeks ago, and you put it in these this week's show yes, notes. Correct. There's more backup. It just correct. just a resource. If I, if I was a student uh, in high school, or maybe even to a lesser extent in college, but in high school for sure, uh, I would glom onto these show notes because there's a lot of easy to write papers embedded within <laughs> it's these notes. True. It's true. Your research is done for you. It's all done. <laughs> and I, I barely graduated high school. Uh, and so uh, this is my graduate uh, course I'm doing myself. So let's move from cap and trade into a, a wonderful piece of uh, video that popped up, uh, which, of course, is from uh, C-SPAN. In fact, this actual clip may be from the live coverage on Fox New, uh, Fox Business, uh, who are so desperate for programming they're basically piping c-span through it's like uh, maybe c-span has more viewers than we do so we might as well just put that on the air and this is congressman burgess speaking to uh little timmy geithner you know the stooge from goldman sachs who uh who took over from his former boss at goldman sachs uh, the CEO. rich stooge the rich oh well they're all rich and um, and this is about cap and trade, partially about cap and trade, which, of course, is very um, unnerving for 65% of American business, certainly, because American 65 to 70% of American business is small businesses. And no one really knows what this cap and trade tax is going to do other than take money out of businesses. It's a tax. And so, you know, how do we invest? You know, do we get more people in now? We have to lay them off later. And there's a lot of uncertainty because we just don't know what the financial picture is going to look like. That is mentioned in this, well, not just grilling, but essential virtual firing of little Timmy Geithner by Congressman Burgess. I just I just got to play this, John. It's a uh, it's a couple minutes. We can stop it to discuss here and there. But I, I love the, the stuff that is in this uh, in this in this clip is just fantastic. Answer to an earlier question about the, when the financial catastrophe started in September, October of last year. Uh, by the way, you got to look at the guy's face with his like for, high forehead which is filled with water, I'm convinced. And uh, <laughs> clutch, clutch, clutch. He's like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He says he's such a, he, you know, he's a bitch. Like the definition of, a, of somebody's bitch, that's what he is. Timmy, go take care of that, you bitch. Uh, if I understood you correctly, you said that this country did not have the tools to manage that panic, but the inference that I took from that was mm. that there were countries overseas that did have such tools. Now, I recall a phone call with your predecessor in late October. Uh, and, and now he's looking like all horny and shit because he's thinking, oh, yeah, Hank, that's my man, my man, my pimp, my, my magnetic Hank. 2008, uh, when it came became public that the United States was pumping monies into uh, the central bank in Europe and, and other places, mm-hmm. And I suggested that was the, not uh, the correct thing to be doing, and he said... This, of course, is about the, the $2 trillion, yeah. you know, the Let it play. I want to hear it. Okay. But if the United States is not helping these countries, then they will collapse. So which is it? Uh, are, were, were, were we the savior of those countries that, uh, according to the current president, didn't even like us that much until he took office? Were we the savior of those, of those banks and those countries, or were we, in fact, incapable of dealing with the... Uh, problem and and 
Was that money, in fact, going to foreign uh, to foreign banks at that time in October of last year? So, so this is a question that has been asked many times, and this guy is finally getting some answers, but the answers will blow you away. Widely reported in the press. Uh, Congressman, there is no country that came into this crisis with the tools to manage it effectively, and that. that we, John, we also we haven't talked about the tools. Can we can we just like take pause for a moment and say the tools that this is the biggest piece of horse crap ever that we need more tools, which means power, doesn't it? Just that we need more power to. I, to you do know, I have we no want. idea what the hell he's what he's talking about tools. He's talking about financial instruments or the ability to move money around. Legal authority, <laughs> legal I have authority. No, idea. no, he's talking about legal authority to do stuff because, of course, you know they. Uh, oh, that could be okay. All right, right? go on. Okay. Basic failure I described here was a common failure. One thing you saw around the world was... Let me ask you a question, then. How did George Bush cause those countries to be unprepared for a financial crisis? Boom. So now he's nailing them on the whole, we inherited this, we inherited this from the previous administration. And Glass-Steagall has come up this morning. If I recall, Glass-Steagall was repealed, that bill was signed by Bill Clinton, not, right not George that. Bush. Right. Yeah, and I that. frankly don't understand if that's such a good protection. This president's been in office for 10 months. Where, where's the signed legislation reinstating Glass-Steagall? Okay, what? John, would you just take a moment and explain Glass-Steagall for people new to this program? Glass-Steagall, uh, there's about four or five of these acts that were put into play uh, in the during the Depression in the 30s. And one of them was Glass-Steagall. And most of these things, which was taken out by Clinton, in fact, most all these things have been eliminated. Essentially what we had was a situation that we had a bunch of laws put in place during the Depression to keep banks from selling insurance, to keep insurance companies from selling stocks, to keep bankers from becoming stockbrokers and all these other kinds Ch of things. Chinese walls is what we call them. There was a bunch of these things that were put into place, and there's a bunch of protections, consumer protections. There were a bunch of uh, all sorts of regulations to, to keep another Great Depression from happening. Well, if you follow the cycle, a Great Depression could have or should have happened in 1969, 40 years after the original one, and nothing happened. And so you had a situation evolve, I believe, where you where you you the depression could have happened in the 70s, but it was just kind of a terrible recession. And people go around and say, well, well, th nothing happened. We didn't have a problem. We don't need these laws. <laughs> they're, they're not effective. Stuff is working without them. Or are they? And so they were eliminated all these things. And Glass-Steagall was one of the more, you, people can look it up and, and get the details on it, but it was the last to go. But there's other thing. I think one of the main uh, regulatory aspects of these bills was uh, uh, interstate banking. Uh, it was believed that, uh, you know, a bank could be only be within a state. So the Bank of America was only in California. You couldn't have branches in New York and North Carolina and every place all over the place because everyone believed it would, it would screw up the, uh, these banks would just get too big and horrible. But yeah, uh, too big to fail, you mean? Too big to fail. But the problem was is that the argument, the counter argument is, well, we have to compete. This, this was a, a, a killer. It just cracked me up. We have to compete with the international bankers, and they have you know nationwide banks, and they're going to be they're going to kill us all. Meanwhile, Citibank, before it was a national bank because of those laws, it was just a local. It was a New York bank, and California Bank of America was a California bank. These guys were financing things all over the world. They were yeah. huge. Why did you want to make them bigger? Anyway, all these things were all repealed by one group or another, and I mean, there's a laundry list of them, and uh, 
And none of them have been reinstated. And Obama's been, I mean, they could have put some of the stuff back in. I mean, the argument against that is, well, you know, Obama's busy. <laughs> yeah, he's busy. All right. So, good point. What I actually, I would not support reinstating Glass-Steagall, and I don't actually believe that the end of Glass-Steagall uh, played a significant role in the cause of this crisis. But, but there you go, John. He's saying it right there. John, John C. Dvorak, are you stupid? Timmy, exactly. Timmy, Timmy Geithner's telling you right. What the, what the hell do you think? Had nothing to do with this. All of those protections that worked for 40 years. Or 80. No, 80 years, I'm sorry. They had nothing to do with it. So when we took them away, the fact that we've now come back in an economic crisis, John, you're an idiot. How can you even think something like that? Had nothing to do with it. Well, that's been stated in this committee. Let, let me move on because my time is going to be limited. I do hope we'll be able to submit some of our questions in writing because Absolutely. this is a, a, a critical hearing and, and time is limited. Why is time always limited? You know, this pisses me off, too. We need to have good guys. I mean, I don't know if this, uh, uh, if what's his face, uh, Burge is a good guy or not, but he's certainly, enter this is an entertaining piece of television. Why is the time always limited? Can't, can't someone stand up and say, I, I give the distinguished gentleman my time, I yield my time? They not do that a lot, but. Not enough, man. Not enough. It's like, what, what do they have to do? Lunch is waiting? Like, this is good, good shit. Keep it, go, keep it rolling. All right, we've got the tarp. It's supposed now, this, this is my favorite. Listen how Timmy throws tarp under a bus. The shit that was fantastic. It, was, it saved us. It pulled us back from the precipice, from the brink. To expire. Why won't we let it die a natural death rather than let it pain, letting it painfully linger? Uh, and we are absorbing tax. We are working to put the tax, the tarp out of its misery. <laughs> Listen to this. This is the guy that begged for it. <laughs> and we need this. And, and of course, and in case you don't know, TARP is, is, is your tax dollars being printed up and extended, your tax liability, let's put it that way, and given to the bankers. And here's Timmy saying, well, you know, I wish I could put it out of its misery, but the old dog still hunts a little bit. Got to keep it going. And no one will be happier than I am. Well, according See to that figures, program terminated I'm and, un and unwound. And I want, I want you to p I want to point out that we are moving very aggressively to close down and terminate the programs that define TARP at the beginning of the crisis. Well, now, it looks like the money is going out with little or no oversight. No, that, that, that is absolutely not true. Well, the uh, Congress established three separate oversight committees. Your, your own special inspector general for the trouble asset release pro relief program has has got several concerns about why not just stop spending on the TARP funds and why not repeal the program? We don't need it anymore. The American people never liked it. Let's just do away with it. So let me just let me just explain this again. The, this is the whole issue: is that this money, our money, was being sent through all these derivatives and all of these um, insurances on uh, mortgage-backed securities was being sent to banks in London, essentially. Say, oh, all right, well, you know, we've got to give you this money so the system doesn't collapse. Here it is. Nice little gift wrapping, cur courtesy of the people of the, United, of the United States. Enjoy. Have some fun you over know, there. There's, there's something I was just thinking about. You know, uh, Geithner saying they don't need to reinstall Glass-Steagall. Of course not, because one of the main thing at Glass Steagall is to keep the you know the, the banks from becoming yeah. stockbrokers, yeah. and then then his crappy this company Goldman Sachs is basically taking advantage of no Glass Steagall. Yeah, well, Goldman Sachs, if you'll recall, what they did is they went from becoming um, an investment bank to a bank that also takes deposits. They're a bank bank. Yeah, they're 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 everything. I mean, which is what Glass Steagall prevented. 
So we don't want Glass-Steagall bad. My boss, my pimp, would hate me if I said we could have that. My bitch Timmy Geithner can't say that. Just point out the disagreement between what your colleague said and what most people in the, across the country understand and believe, which is that... Yeah, believe. Not, so it's not actually the truth, Timmy. It's what people believe. If you look at what's happening in housing, if you look what's happening to small businesses, this economy still faces tremendous financial challenges. What's happening in small businesses is people are frightened to add jobs because they don't know what we're going to do to them in health care. They don't know what we're going to do to them in financial regulation. They're scared of what we might do with energy prices in the future with cap and trade. Small business, medium-sized business is frightened to add jobs right now. I could help the president in his panel. He doesn't need another program. We don't need another stimulus. We need to provide some tax relief and then get the heck out of the way, and the American economy will recover, as it has always done. That broad philosophy helped produce the worst financial crisis and the worst recession we'd seen in generations. We had what? a pretty good test. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I know. Go ahead, John. Say it. Please respond to that. What's he talking about? He's saying that because of what he's basically saying is because because of the, of the free market system yes. that that works with uh, you know with <laughs> less government interference and not a bunch of bull crap where the bankers are just sucking all our money yep. and not giving it back to us and not take, making out loans. That's what's caused the problem. That's exactly what he's saying. He's going back to the mantra of well, you know, uh, Bush handed us the worst economic situation ever. That's exactly what he's saying. And now listen to Burgess respond to it. But go that back philosophy. it up, back it up again, and let it, let that let that that assertion play, and then let Geithner say his thing, and then we'll stop interrupting him. Okay. Cap and trade, small business, medium sized business is frightened to add jobs right now. I could help the president in his panel. He doesn't need another program. We don't need another stimulus. We need to provide some tax relief and then get the heck out of the way, and the American economy will recover as it has always done. That broad philosophy helped produce the worst financial crisis and the worst recession we'd seen in generations. We had a pretty good test of that philosophy, pretty good test of those policies. They did not serve the country well. Mr. Guy, now, when I came what? here in 2000... <laughs> Go ahead. This is bogus. This guy's just a liar. Yeah, he's he's a liar. He's a tax cheat. Let's not forget that. A tax cheat. You go ahead and try and cheat on your taxes. All right? He's a cheat. A liar and a cheat. And he owns our pocketbook. 2003, we were in a jobless recovery. Tax relief was passed in May of 2003. And as a consequence, by July of that year, we were adding jobs at a significant rate. It seems to have worked fairly well. Let me just, I'll say, just finish I, up and say, you know, I, I disagree with, with, with Mr. Brady. Uh, I have the greatest respect for him. Um, I don't think that you should be fired. I thought you should have never been hired. And I, <laughs> I love it. Excellent. You you should wow, never have been good. hired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't that, think you should be fired. You should have never, never been hired. hired. I, I, how yeah. come this isn't on the uh, 6 o'clock news, this kind of little thing? <laughs> uh, let me think. What was more important this weekend? There must have been something more important. I didn't watch television, so I, unfortunately I missed the media distraction du jour. But I'm, and by the way, have you seen anything on mainstream television about the stolen climate gate documents? Uh, I don't know. I don't, now that you mention it. No. Of course not. It's all over the internet like crazy. What is wrong with these people? How hard is it? Just get a, you know, the problem is, it's the same with the newspapers, I think. They don't even go on the net, half of these people. 
have a phony blog that they do for their paper, but there's not really a blog. They have all these newspapers have bloggers now because they don't have to pay them so much and they get more work out of them. But there's no blog. It's not like you're going to your your website and then write some stuff down and you control the blog, put a little thing here, move some stuff around. It's like it's like a it's like a program within the newspaper building yeah, it's just, that it's runs interns. on their server that's specifically designed and it's called a blog. Yeah. Yeah. You know, essentially, it has one less editor. Actually, I do know what uh, I do know what was really uh, in the news, and this is something that uh, I think we overlooked on Thursday. So the uh, there's this panel, an advisory panel from uh, the Health and Human Services Department of your government in the United States. And uh, they came out and said, uh, you know what, mammograms, screw it. You really don't need a mammogram until you're 50 because the science is clear. The science shows that no matter how, and by the way, people who have been fighting for breast cancer awareness for years and years and years, I mean, how stupid can you be to come out with this recommendation? Um, so the, the panel says, well, we looked at the data, and uh, it doesn't matter. We still have the same amount of breast cancer uh uh, victims every single year, whether you're doing your mammograms or not. And everyone, and the press, of course, goes crazy because this has been, there are celebrities walking around with pink ribbons. I mean, this is a big, big thing. I know, I know a couple women personally who have died of breast cancer, and I know several others who have been, their bodies have had to be mutilated because of this, this horrible disease. And then Sibelius comes out. Because she's like, oh shit, my pe- what are my people doing? She takes this this panel of her, of her own people and throws them under the bus. <laughs> yeah. I actually, uh, I have a little bit of just just because she's so irritating. Maybe we should just play a little bit of the. She of the is audio. irritating. Oh, she's a horrible, horrible, horrible woman. Let's play just a little bit of the audio of her backtracking. So patronizing. Oh, sore nose. Oh, hold on, there's a, there's a friggin' ad here. This is from uh, NBC.com. So anyway, she she so of course she has to do some damage control. She has to come out and she has to say, oh well, you know, really what they're saying it's all on an individual basis, and you know, it's you you really have to look at it a different way. Listen well, to this for a second. New controversy over those controversies breast cancer screening guidelines. On Wednesday, Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Sebelius released a statement telling women to, quote, keep doing what you have been doing for years. Talk to your doctor about your individual history, ask questions, and make the decision that is right for you. A short time later, Sebelius talked to Ann Curry, and Ann asked her if she was advising people to ignore the new recommendations. I'm telling women to take a look at the recommendations of the panel, which are you know, looking globally at tens of thousands of cases. But then take that information uh, and have a conversation with your doctor. Are you saying that women should still consider having mammograms beginning at age 40? Absolutely, based on their health history and their physician's recommendation. Some people are saying that your response to the panel's recommendations are essentially throwing this panel under the bus. Your reaction to that? They routinely update various recommendations. The last time they updated... <laughs> okay, so uh, you get it, right? She's, she's not really answering the question. She hasn't answered one question. She no. says, oh, absolutely, no. at once you do this. She always has a disclaimer yeah. on whatever she says. And, and you, know, she, you know what she sounds like and kind of acts like? Carly Fiorina. Oh, yeah. The, well, you've, you've mentioned this before, and she dresses like her, too. And you, let's just... It's let's a just, style. Yeah, okay. She's a reptile, okay? Let's just, let's just keep it at that. So... 
So I'm I'm looking at this. I'm like, and my my brain starts connecting things. I'm like, hmm. So I start looking at this because I thought that was highly interesting, right? That that she would do this. And there was another story that came out at the same time, which was new guidelines for Pap smears. This is um, you know investigating a woman's uh, womb for potential cervical cancer, and. The recommendation, I guess, from the same panel came out, said, oh, most women in their 20s can have a pap smear every two years instead of annually. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Now I'm starting to connect some stuff here. It's like, okay. So they're coming out with these guidelines that are saying, well, all these tests you were doing, you don't, and of course, this is right as we have an enormous health care insurance reform bill trying to be passed. It's like, how does this, so I'm going to start to follow the money in a second here. So, all right, so pap smears, it makes sense that if you've got this fabulous, life-saving vaccine called Gardasil or Cerevix, which, by the way, only combats three of the seven types of possible cancer, also approved for boys, well, of course, who the hell needs to have, an, uh, why the hell have your body looked at? Don't look at the, don't look, oh, hey, what, <laughs> you know, <laughs> of course. You, mi- you missed the cue. over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. Hey, oh, look at that. So um, that makes sense. And like, okay, so I do a quick Google search. Oh, yes, here it is. Researchers test the breast cancer vac- vaccine. Now I'm starting to see the pattern. And it's oh, all that's a coming good one. into play. Wait, it gets even better, John. Good find. Oh, no, no, it gets even better. So I'm reading the Healthcare Act, which is now, uh, it's called something else now, the patient, uh, oh, what is it called? Play my clip. Hold on a second. We'll get, I, I just, I just want to get my point out before, before we get to your clips. And I, I, it's the uh, Patient Protection Affordable Care Act, which is this yeah. new, you know, yeah, they more have to than, come with a good more name. More than 2,000 pages. Yeah, that's not a good meme. On page three, if you get through the index, a group health plan and health insurance issuer offering group or individual health insurance coverage shall provide coverage for and shall not impose any cost-sharing requirements for evidence-based items or services that have an effect, a rating of A or B in the current recommendation of the United States Preventative Services Tax Force, immunizations that have an effect, a recommendation from the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices of the Centers for Disease Control and Pre- Prevention. This is, this is page three. Right there, that's, actually it's paragraph three. Right there at the top, it's saying, any healthcare insurance will basically have to push vaccines. And it's going to be these vaccines that are recommended by this 15-person panel, headed by, chaired by, people who are completely, entirely connected to the pharmaceutical industry. So now it's starting to come into play. Except you know what? You, you're, you're sounding like a disgusting denialist. I am. <laughs> oh, what's that green dot on my forehead? Oh, I'm trying to avoid it. I, this, this, so here you go. It's the science, the, the science is clear. The whole point, it's actually a war going on between the drug makers and the health. So the drug makers want to give you, get the money up front, get all the, get all the dope in you before you're sick. Meanwhile, you look at the, 
what the device makers are doing. This is also a big business. Um, right now, it's a consortium of hospitals in New York City who are uh, pooling together money. They need $200 million to come up with this proton treatment center, which can zap cancer at, you know, at a minute cellular level. So that so there's an actual fight going on in the medical community, John, between the pharma guys who have very low barriers to entry, throw some shit into an egg and call it a vaccine, shoot it up, you know, uh, you know, hey, here you go, take this, you'll live longer. You, I didn't know that they found the virus that causes breast cancer that they would uh, be able to have a vaccine. Thank you. Have and you noticed any reports on this, this great discovery? I haven't heard anything. That's my point. So they've, they've got this thing keyed up. They're already in testing mode. They're doing clinical trials for the breast cancer vaccine. They're doing this in Washington, D.C., convenient, conveniently. Here the quote. The vaccine is really for prevention. So it sort of shifts the focus from treatment to prevention. Wait, wait. But is it vaccines always for prevention? Yeah, well, yeah, you'd think. But it's not a virus. It's not a virus. Maybe it is. You don't know. The vaccine is given to stimulate the woman's own immune system to recognize this protein as dangerous, to stimulate the system to fight it and to kill it. Oh, please. This sounds like a scam. Well, how come we don't have the the whole world, uh, every celebrity in the world going, hallelujah, all of our work has paid off. We have cured breast cancer. Because we haven't. It's a fucking scam. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be using those words. But it, it, I get really riled up when I see this. And it's right there, right at the top of this health care bill. Right at the top is, oh, by the way, all of these health care plans, whether it's a, a public option or private insurance company, you will be pushing vaccines. Of course, they word it differently, like you can't deny anyone a vaccine. But you know how it's going to work. They'll be pushing the vaccines. What clip do you have, John? 20-pound turkey. No, just play it. The leader has mentioned uh, use of, of gimmickry or lack of transparency. This bill that we have in front of us is, uh, I don't know, when we're, when we're going to the, to the motion to proceed tomorrow, a little bit of bait and switch going on there because the bill that we're actually going to be voting on is, I think it's, just about three pages. And uh, that's the product that the leader will shift to after that. About 20 and a half pounds. I don't know about you, but uh, when we get our Thanksgiving turkey, it's about a 20-pound turkey. So there you have it. <laughs> that's good. Where so that? there you have it. <laughs> it's a 20-pound turkey. This woman is the uh, senator from Alaska who is so much sharper than Palin. It's just uh, just astonishing. They're, the two of them kind of have a little feud going, but uh, she's uh, quite humorous in a funny, subtle way. Well, it it's is a 20 pound turkey. It is a 20 pound turkey. And, you know, what's, what's so nice is that I did this. In 15 minutes, I, you know, I'd like to claim that I really was, you know, that I had the candles burning at night. And <laughs> no, 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 this is important. This is important because I did do some, a lot of research on other stuff. But this one, all it took was just some time to sit down and read it. This is the beauty. This is what the internet still gives us. Before you know it, you know, the uh, the Senate and uh, and House websites will be blocked in public libraries for pornographic reasons. I'm sure. 
so you won't be able to read it. But you can you can download this stuff. You can read it. You know, this the two thousand pages. It's not hard. Okay, it's not like two thousand pages of a of a uh, a technical manual. You know, it, it it's it's actual English. You know, it's 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 spaced, it's numbered, it's it's like a script. You know, it's probably one minute per page if you had to read it out loud. So it's it's not all that bad. And then and then you do a Google search, you come up with this fantastic, earth shattering news that we don't have to be worried about breast cancer, just like we don't have to be worried about cervical cancer or about cocaine addiction or nicotine addiction, because all these vaccines are going to save your life. Just go ahead, take not two but twenty two shots to the arm, kids. Okay. You can connect all this. The thing is, no one is doing it. We're doing it. And that's exactly why we need your help. That's your cue, John. Boy, that was an interesting one. Uh, we have a few. Uh, well, actually, here, here's what we're going to talk. If we're going to talk about, if we're going to ask for some money today, I want to uh, compare our money uh situation which is you know we get a couple thousand dollars here and again but i want you to there's a i was listening to uh, watching public television last night and wayne dyer the famous he used to be he does a lot of these uh these kind of speeches and training sessions he's got become kind of a screwball and you can kind of see where the public uh tv and public radio audience has kind of shifted they've gone into a kind of a they've they've, they've kind of taken advantage of the fact that many people who are who think this is that this is a public uh, tr- uh trust a treasure uh they 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 pushed him into superstition and and by the way i think global warming superstition i think a lot of the stuff of this denialist guys talking about on public radio he's uh, he's his perspective is superstition and just to make this point i want you to listen to wayne dyer talk about what he does for public television the kind of money he generates for them for just local stations and the, the guy he's talking to by the way is the pitch man the the, the closer that I've, I've mentioned before on the show but play the wayne it's dyer uh, something pitch. And, but more, more than anything else, the reason I support public television the way I do is because I believe it's an energy system that's coming into our home. That television set that sits in your living room. Yeah, brought to you by Monsanto. Your bedroom is a, is a system that allows energy to come into your home. Energy impacts everything. Everything is energy in the universe. That's the shift that I've made from psychology, if you will, way back in the in the early days with me uh, to more of a spiritual approach. And, and I believe that, uh, that bringing the right kind of energy into our home is, is, is of paramount importance. Well, and you've really helped, because over the years, I don't know what the number is, but your uh, PBS specials, which we've had the uh, mm-hmm. privilege of airing here uh, in Northern California, have raised a lot of money for public well, broadcasting. I was told recently that it's in the neighborhood of $125 million. <laughs> uh, what? $125 million he's raised for public television? In Northern California. Uh, a lot of money. Yes, that's right. that's a lot of Barneys. Yes, that, that is a lot of Barneys. <laughs> that's a lot of Barneys. <laughs> John, we're going about it the wrong way. All we got to do is say, that's a lot of Barneys. <laughs> 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 
Well, thank you for that. But I also want to tell you, we want to keep doing that. We want right. to keep raising the money. Exactly. And, and what I'm really tickled by and hoping that people realize that at these gift levels at the 50 cent a day level and the dollar a day level, which, by the way, Dr. Wayne Dyer invented mm. way, I don't know, maybe it was five years ago, no, six years ago. more than that, ago, about eight long? years ago. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you came up with the whole this, enchilada. And, and, and we all thought you were out of your yeah, mind. right, for a dollar you know. a day. For, but when you think about it, 50 cents a day or a dollar a day, when you think about what you spend a dollar a day, as I said, uh, I was in uh, a Starbucks the other day and I saw someone order a cup of coffee, $3.70 yeah. for some, I don't know what it was, latte, this or that. I don't drink coffee, so I don't know. But I mean, I thought, well, just take two-thirds of a cup and uh, and the other third, uh, <laughs> put it away each day and give it to public television. Yeah, right. That's all right. Bad. Well, so th- there's a couple of important things here because the point is so well made. Public television, when I was growing up, was made possible by donators like you, by people who are. Get- in fact, in my family, it was like you ha- you set aside a certain amount of money each month or each year, and you gave that to public television because it was important. Now, here's the actual public system, the utility, the energy coming into this guy's home. Here's the reality of what the energy looks like on the other end when you plug in your television set to it. It's not just, oh, here's these people working hard with no commercial business model. No, this is what it actually sounds like. Support for WAMU 88.5 comes from Monsanto. Committed to sustainable agriculture and creating hybrid and biotech seeds designed to increase crop yields and conserve natural resources. More at ProduceMoreConserveMore.com That is a commercial. It is a commercial intertwined into the programming that is supposed to be good for you. Right? It's good for you. Monsanto, listen to the, the, we're producing frankenfood. Good for you. You know, the thing that bothers me is that this has gotten to the point where if you're, uh, you know, it, it, it's like watching Jay Leno do a show and then in the middle of the show saying, hey, by the way, can you help donate to the show? They've got to, they've, they've, it's been paid for up and down the, the, by these commercial entities to an extreme. And then meanwhile, the public is being, is coughing up millions and millions of dollars, 180 or whatever Dyer said, uh, for this. It's just, it's just ridiculous and we're not getting any, kind of insight we're getting kind of a left-wing liberal bias pro you know uh big ag pro big organic you know and, it's, and, it's, and not just that but ge ge sponsors all this stuff ge who make the machines that are killing people overseas they make these machines they make war things yeah they make, so like, they make right, which is which is weird because of the fact that these stations are supposed to be kind of Peaceniks. Well, let's take, give some credit to some people out there who, who gave to us. And uh, John Matthews, by the way, our Carolina Kiwi, uh, has uh, finally uh, uh, passed the $1,000 mark. And some people out there have... Hold on a second, John. John, you are really... Fa- uh, I, I was feeling that already. He was getting bad. John? John, 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 John. What? What? Did I fall apart? Yeah, you're, you're, you've been crapping up for the for the past minute. I'm gonna hang up. Will you call me back? Yeah. Okay. We really got to make this better. This is. Uh... Oh, they're sabotaging us. Come on, call me. Oh, hate it when this happens. Call me. I said, call me. Here we go. 
Yeah, you there? Yeah, how's that sound? Yeah, better. All right. Get back into it. We All right, well, we let's go over some of the people. Didn't, Sorry about that, yeah, folks. We, we didn't hear a single name, really. Yeah, I haven't given a name yet. Oh, I did give John Matthews. We have a new knight because people can do self-accounting if they want to contribute $1,000 to become a knight. And John Matthews finally made our Carolina Kiwi. And uh, so he's our new knight, John Matthews. He joins a group of four. Thank you very five, much, five. John. Thank you. Highly appreciated. And then uh, other than that, we still, again, we got a lot of Australian uh, support. Uh, Joshua Santee, $75. It says it's 50 cents an episode. He's from New South Wales. Sean Carlson, fifty-five fifty-five from Fresno. He uh, uh, said that was his uh, Obama money. Uh, we got $100 from Paul Palchek, which I think is pronouncing it right, P-A-L-C-S-E-K, from Camberwell, West Victoria, Australia. Again, I'm not understanding why. We have to do more Australian stuff. Uh, Alec, Alec, no last name, a Dutch American who uh, gave us $99.99, who says he was uh, living in Vaden X Veen for 10 years, and he needed to tell you, I guess. Yeah, Vodingsveen. What is that? It's a lovely little town, Vodingsveen. Can you pronounce it? Vodingsveen. Come on, say it with me now, John. Vodingsveen. Vodingsveen. Vodingsving. There you go. Schwinkter. Kevin St- uh, Stevenson, uh, $70 from Florence, Alabama. He was bragging about he's the only guy from Alabama that listens to the show. Probably true. Of course, Jeffrey Fitch, uh, one of our associate uh, executive producers at Windermere, Fl- uh, Windermere, Florida. I'm trying to do a Dutch pronunciation. Two twelve seventy eight. Liam Hemmings, who gives us money occasionally from Buckinghamshire. Buckinghamshire. Buckinghamshire, yes. 90. Uh, John Stevens, our Laguna Woods, who's also given to us before 200. Uh, Lauren Royk, of course, our executive producer from, uh, wants us to, wants people to read Margaret Atwood's Oryx and Crake. He says that has something to do with Monsanto. Okay. And he's a $350 executive producer. Todd Simmons, 6969. He says that has no meaning. I don't know about him. Yeah, it does for me. He's in Eight Plains, Australia. You know, something is something big is. Ha- oh, you know what? I know what it is. There's this guy. I think his name is Cameron. I think it's Cameron Riley. He he runs or ran the the podcast network, and he's he's kind of a he, in a way he does. I think he does a show that is. Uh, he's probably one of the fellow freedom fighters. He certainly blogs, and I think he blogged about No Agenda, and that's probably what happened. So if he's helping spread the message, I, I highly appreciate it. I think that's what yeah, it came we, from. Yeah, we that. all appreciate it. Matthew Carey, of course, another uh, associate executive producer from uh, Eastwood, South <coughs> South Australia, and you got the cabaretconfessional.com. You should look that up. William Arcand, uh, Drake, who also was given before, and he's working to knighthood, I believe, Drake Cut, Massachusetts. And then we have uh, a number of $50 contributors. I'll just read their names. David Simpsons from uh, the U.K., John Kelly, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, who uh, he had some comment. Anyway, A.J. Tessier from Normal, Illinois, and he says he's giving us money because we have no commercial. Jonathan Cleed in Whittier. He's giving us money because we mentioned homeschooling in a positive light. Roy Maddox, Carnation, Washington. I didn't know There's that something was up new there. blowing uh, in the wind. Sorry about that. And then finally, and from another Australian from Melbourne, who challenges me to pronounce his name. His name is Frank Eisenstadt, and uh, but it's got the Polish Polish spelling. 
And um, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what is the well? He, this was the challenge. If you saw this name, A J Z E N S Z T A T, which is the Polish version of the German word Eisenstadt. Good on you for the pronunciation, John. Very good. I did some homework. I like it. I did the homework of Twitter. <laughs> I crowdsourced, crowdsourcing. it. Bingo. Yes, lovely. And finally, we do have a make good uh, a guy who does, his name doesn't want to be mentioned. Uh, we forgot to mention his website, which is um, people should check out. He did give us some money. It's uh, let me see if I can find the exact website. Because I got a, a complaint letter from him saying you didn't mention the the website. No, he, he was he, he put something into the note of his PayPal donation. Uh, we missed it because we're understaffed. Let's, we have no staff. We, that would be the definition of understaffed. <laughs> yes, understaffed. He's in Auckland, New Zealand, and he wants us to mention the Creative Freedom Foundation. Okay. And by the way, if you, if you donate money to the show, we'll we'll plug anything you want. We we don't care what it's what it's about. I real and I really don't. I have no uh, scruples. You? Uh, no. If you give us some money, you want a quick plug as long as it's, it's clean. Yeah, or as clean as I can be. And then he also klwright.com, K-L-W-R-I-G-H-T.com. Or I think, wait, no, Kiwi Right. What am I thinking? Kiwi, as in the fruit, he's uh, from us, from New Zealand. Uh, Kiwi, W-R-I-G-H-T.com. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Kiwi, uh, Kiwi R-I-G-H-T.com. Okay. Kiwi Right. Kiwi Right. So I, you know, we do want to point. That. We do want to point out that we are really we are public broadcasting because we do in the not, true sense in the of true the word. sense of the word the way it was when we were growing up. Um, and and Sarah Palin, by the way, same age as I am, and we don't it looks play, a lot better. We don't we don't play commercials. We do want to continue this program. We've been doing it for two years running. We're not making anywhere near enough to do it full time. That is my personal desire, and I think John yours as well. Some do- guy, you know, wrote in and sent me a letter. Actually, showed up in the post office box and he said, "You know, I, you know, Adam Curry gave some money to charity, and I think that's the reason I'm not." You know, people send us notes explaining why they're not giving us money. We don't care. If you don't want to give us money, that's fine and Danny. But to go on and on with all this blather about, and they always follow at the end, what are you doing with the money? I'm going to tell people what we're doing with the money. We're paying bills. That's what people do with money. Yeah, we're paying our bills. We're doing whatever we need to do with our money to to live our lives. And twice a week, hopefully three, I'd I'd like to do it at least three, we're doing the service for you. That's only the part that you hear. It's not the part that you see that we're actually doing, collecting emails all day long. You know what it's like when you already get 500 emails a day and then you have to sift through another 5 million of them all about the same topic? It's okay. Please continue to do it because we need that input desperately. But it is real work. Yeah, and that's why we forget Kiwi Right and stuff like that. By the way, so go to uh, noagendashow.com or dvorak.org slash NA and help us out for the next uh, week so we can maintain our uh, uh, show in the quali- with the high quality that we're, I think, producing. And, and, and of course, we want to get the stream up. And, and it's really, it's, you know, time is money. It's really all about having the time. I got a job. You know, uh, I actually have a job. Most people on weekends have the weekend off. I, you know, I would have loved to have had another day in Vegas. 
would have been fantastic. Can't do it. Why? Because I want to be back here to do the show. I want to get rested and you know, be up on time, get up at 6.30 every Sunday morning for early service, the Church of No Agenda. That's the only time I really have to compile everything. I have a one-day weekend, essentially. As do you, John, a one-day weekend, because I can't lounge around on Monday. I've got a whole other job i got to go to. Which, by the way, is being made more and more difficult by the same bastards we talk about on this show twice a week. <laughs> so <laughs> it's true and so and and it's not enough we we do not have enough money i'm not going to go into the whole starbucks rap but we're not playing commercials we're not controlled by corporate interests if anything i saw john door the other day now we were up at sand hill road and he walked and i was at kleiner perkins and then he walked around the corner and if you don't know what the connection is go ahead and look it up okay there's a there's a big connection between those guys and al gore and, uh, yeah, and, yeah, and Gorge works for him. Yeah, and he gave me the look, John. <laughs> he gave me the look. He gave you the look? <laughs> he gave me the look. Like, I, hey, John, how you doing? He's like, hey. I'm like, oh, shit, he knows. <laughs> he knows what? He knows that we're slamming his buddy. What oh, are you talking Gore? about? Yeah, of course. How can he not know? Why would Dory even know that we do this show? Because the reason why any of these guys get in bed with politicians, particularly Al Gore, is because... No, no, I'm just saying, why would he know that we were doing the show or slamming Gore? Because, dude, we have 400,000 people listening. It, word gets out. <laughs> word gets out, believe it or not. I'm, I'm in the craziest places in the world, and people like are, are reciting... I'm on airplanes. Stewardesses are coming up to me. I mean, this is this is not an. Uh, we are gaining some real traction here. Stewardesses? Yeah. Uh -huh. huh. Oh yeah. I haven't had that happen to me. Advertising people. There's a lot of advertising people who listen. Well, that's to this because show. you have that comment that you keep making. Okay, so whatever, whatever. It well, takes, the advertising right? people have a sense of humor. Of course, the door do. probably doesn't at, at this point with no, Gore. No, he's a believer. And let's not forget the reason why all these guys get in bed with each other is because politics is show business for ugly people. And John, you and I are in the real show business because we're not ugly. That's good to know. Yeah. So uh, anyway, noagendashow.com and dvork.org slash NA. We appreciate all this help. And don't forget, anyone who does give $200 will be uh, officially listed as an executive producer. Executive producer. Or associate executive, if somebody's you know whoever gets the highest amount, obviously for gets to show, run the show for that show. But uh, yeah, and that not, happens with you. Know, it could be ninety bucks. You give us ninety, you, you could be the guy because we had a couple weeks ago. I think it was the high. But whatever the case is, uh, we do. This is publicly supported. This is why we're not going to do commercials. We're going to slam these companies. We're going to just say what we see. Uh, tell you what we see. Deconstruct the news in ways nobody else seems to want to do because it's too time consuming, and. Uh, you know, it's, I think, and also provide some moment of entertainment and a good church service. And, ima <laughs> and imagine how much better we could do if we received more money and could... If we had some help. Yeah. Well, if we, if we could, had a staff. If we could quit our day jobs, if we had some help, if we had a staff. I mean, all of the other resources are out there on the Internet. We, it's just time. Buy us time, please. It, I, I appreciate the donations. It's not enough. It's just not. It's just not enough. And if we're not growing, then, you know, the, there's... Dark clouds in our future. <sighs> All right. Along those lines, I think I made a deal. I believe, John, correct me if I'm wrong, that uh, when the adjuvants were to be added to the vaccine in the United States because, quote, they can't produce it fast enough, 
uh, people would have to give us $5,000. Did we did we, <laughs> or did we not make this deal? I remember something about that. From Reuters, as U.S. health officials struggle to vaccinate tens of millions of Americans against the pandemic of swine flu, some are looking regretfully at one easy way to instantly double or triple the number of doses available by using an immune booster called an adjuvant. Here it comes. I, I guarantee before the year is out, before the year is out, we will have adjuvants in our flu vaccines. And there's this new player on the scene, which is not really new, Dr. Anne Shuchat. Shuchat? Of, no, I never uh, heard of her. Oh, 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 you've got to keep your eye on this one, John. What's She's, your name again? Sh- it's a Shuchat, I think. Shuchat? <laughs> Shushit. Sounds like... <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me, boy. Is that the cat that shit on your shoe? Here she is. Uh, Dr. Anne Shuchat, S-C-H-U-C-H-A-T. You might pronounce it Shuchat. S-C-H-U-C-H-A-T. She is from the U.S. Centers of Disease Control and Prevention. Um, and she's talking about, well, but she, she seems, to, and she, by the way, she's like a colonel or a major, or she has some, I don't quite understand. She's how a rear works. admiral. Yeah, rear admiral. Hey, hey, step two. Hey, rear admiral. I like to see that rear admiral for a moment. Oh, there she! Is. Oh, I've seen her before. Yeah, but she, but she's the she's the real player now. She's coming. Uh, we actually out. had a clip of her recently. She's the one who's. Uh, she's very. She's a like the hypnotist when she talks. Yeah, she is. Oh no! It's it'll be fine. It'll yes. be fine. She's the one that's out there, and it'll she's be fine. And, Don't and worry. She, she will be the one that will help us bring the adjuvants in. She's the one that is going to help us get all these vaccines. You watch. Um, so the, the the news is already start, starting. The adjuvant vaccines have been showed to more broadly prime patients' immune responses. The National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases is intrigued. Hmm. Last month, it awarded sixty million dollars to researchers and companies to develop new to develop new adjuvants. It's coming. It is coming. Just we talked about this almost a year ago. Right, but I didn't make the $5,000 agreement until a couple of weeks ago because I got so frustrated telling people it is, this is why they're doing this whole, oh, we don't have enough vaccine stuff. By the way, we're getting reports now from everywhere. If you're over 63, no flu shot for you. <laughs> I know that's a new one. You're expendable. First, it was like you had to get one, and then they said, "Well, we got to restate, redo this thing." Well, this, well, I was imagining the backroom conversation going like this. Even though I was going, "Oh, they're going to let us die, those old people." Uh, they probably, the thing probably went like, this, "Well, what's going to happen if all these old people start dying?" Oh, come on, Bill. This shot doesn't do anything anyway. <laughs> Nobody's going to die. Just, who, just tell them no. Who gives a crap? <laughs> Hey, did you hear about the meteorite that exploded? Denialist. Uh, no. Oh, no. Tell me you did. Well, I did. I remember something, but I don't. it wasn't like something I perked up to. How could you miss a one kiloton explosion? This was like over a week ago, wasn't it? Uh, no, this was just... This, is, this just happened this week, John. So hmm. here, here's the series of events. On the same day that we get a meteor, and by the way, uh, there's fantastic links in the show notes. Uh, spaceweather.com has, uh, you know, uh, they've got all these uh, webcams, and you see this thing explode. It's huge. 
I mean, it, uh, let me see. Was it part of the meteor shower? No, it, the, now I'm not quite sure exactly what a meteorite is, and how come a, I didn't think meteorites were the supposed rock. to go. Yeah, but it, they make an explosion apparently. Well, no, yeah, many of them. If there's any moisture or whatever, they as soon as they hit the atmosphere, they they explode. Hold on one second. Hey, babe, can you just not open your email for a second? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I think Mickey was sending a, a picture or something to someone, and I think that was part of our Skype problem earlier. Sorry, AT and T has given me. That's a, what caused the problem. AT and T has given me a straw to suck through. Okay, so let me get back to this. So you see, and and, and all these links will be in the show notes. You see these fantastic, uh, you know, big explosions in the sky, and uh, this is the one over Utah. Yeah, correct. Well, Colorado, Utah, Nevada, and California. In particular, of interest is Colorado, because what happens at the same time this takes place, John? The entire FAA tracking system for all flights goes down, completely craps out. They say because of one circuit board that blew up. Now, can I just call bullshit on that right away? You're going to tell me that post 9/11, the entire uh, aviation tracking system—they literally they they had no radar across the U.S. They were they were tracking uh, airplanes through radio contact only. Everything was delayed. Okay, let me let me go. Let me jump ahead to what your thesis is going to be. Okay, this wasn't a meteor at all. It was a test firing of an EMF device. No, close enough though. It was actually a one kiloton nuclear armed cruise missile that was targeted at Denver International Airport in Colorado. <laughs> and the and and I'm telling you, we have above our heads going on right now, John. We have a space war. A space war is taking place. Don't forget, we just put another, sh- another shuttle up there. We have the CIA, who, of course, we all know are now headquartered uh, in uh, in Colorado. We've got this wacky airport in Denver. Go ahead and look at all their New World Order art hanging on the walls. You should. Yeah, it's a screwy place. It's a very, very weird place, and they got some crazy ass art. I'm going to take Mickey there. I'm going. We're going to do a trip to Denver yep. just just so she can walk in the airport because I know she. And there's will no freak. gate one. <laughs> no, that's the Stargate. There, it is there. It's just you have to have special credentials to get through it. So the whole communication, the FAA communication system, shut down. Shut down at, the, at almost the same time we have this one kiloton explosion. And the and here's my thesis: is we st- we have the CIA, who of course are the uh, are the armed portion of the bankers, the Federal Reserve, fighting. Probably fighting uh, the Obama administration, who want you know, have their own agenda, and they tried to take them out. They tried to take the CIA out, <laughs> and so this thing explodes. It blows up the whole tracking system. Yeah, you, you know, you laugh about it, but don't forget. No, that- actually, it would because if you did have a, a big, uh, you know, it would cause the EMF, which is what would do that. Of course, it. Of, this is exactly what causes it. Don't forget, we have an audit on the horizon. Ron Paul has actually succeeded in blowing away this stupid Watt Amendment, which would water down the Federal Reserve audit. It's not there yet, but at least they voted that uh, amendment out of the bill. So there's still a chance that we could do a sweeping audit of the Federal Reserve, mainly to find out what happened to the $2 trillion you just heard Timmy Geithner bullshit and lie about. And then we have this all, you know, and then the counterattack is the CIA and uh, the bankers going right after uh, the climate change for Al Gore and Obama and all his buddies. So this is the fight that's going on. They're like, it's like tit for tat. Oh, yeah? 
Oh yeah, so what? You're gonna you're gonna try and investigate us here? We're gonna have a hacker get into your system. We're gonna expose your lies about climate change. Oh yeah, you're gonna expose our things about climate change? Well, here, take that, Denver. Here, let me lob a little bomb over you. All right? Hey, how do you like them apples? There's a war going on, and the only thing is is where it's not being reported on except in programs like this. An all-out <laughs> war in space. If you want to call it that, in space, John. It's taking place in space. It's the Thompson Har Harmonizer. <laughs> and why is there, I mean, why aren't people outraged at the FAA? It goes down for, like, a whole morning. Nobody can get outraged anymore. This is exactly what, this is exactly what took place on 9-11. Oh, well, well, the other stuff was down, it wasn't working. Here, listen to the, listen how Cavalier ABC News is about this. I mean, I mean, Cavalier isn't even the word anymore. It's just like, oh, uh, hope no you flights were... Yeah, I got a clip. Hope no flights were delayed. <laughs> Hold New on. Bose Quiet Company. Yeah, uh, let's... Uh, uh, freaking commercial. <sighs> and it's the same one. Hold on a second. It's for the, the Bose. Nice headsets, by the way. They do an aviation story, so, of course, they have to link the Bose Holy headsets. Bose. Here it comes. ABC News. Listen to this. People who were planning to fly today are being advised to check the status of their flights. An early morning computer glitch caused widespread cancellations and delays for the second time in 15 months. The Federal Aviation Administration says the problem has now been resolved. ABC's Lisa Stark has been following this all day. She joins me from Washington with details. Hi, Lisa. Good morning, Meg. So we're where did the problem start and how far did it stretch? Well, it's still unclear about exactly how the problem started, but uh, apparently... Except for the one kiloton bomb. They caused delays nationwide. Luckily, it started really early this morning, about 5.30 Eastern time. Uh, not a particularly busy time at the airlines, but it did go through about the morning rush. So flights were delayed from Atlanta all the way to the West Coast. Uh, we're now told with the system back up and running that uh, things are getting back to normal. The airlines are telling us that they are seeing only minimal delays at this time. So hopefully for those traveling later today and certainly on into the Thanksgiving week, we will not see any problems. No kidding. Tell us a little bit more about the problem exactly. What was it? Well, the FAA has two major computer systems, one in Salt Lake City and one in Atlanta, that process flight plans electronically. So those flight plans then, of course, go to the controllers. They tell them where the plane is going, what the plane's uh, numbers are. By the way, this is factually incorrect, of course. Everything about that plane, those are all processed electronically by these two major computers. Electronically. When these systems fail, what controllers have to do is input that information manually by hand. It takes a lot more time. It slows the system down. Uh, they had to uh increase the distance between planes in the air just as an added measure because they were taking so long to put these uh, these flight planes. Uh, I can't I can't hear I can't I can't listen to the lies about it, this. it's so it's so shallow this reporting that we're getting here in the United States well it, and, and it's shallow for a reason because the actual truth is not being reported she's making this up as she goes along someone's probably typing this into the teleprompter as she's reading because they didn't have any they had no radar imagery and for for the FAA for this to be and and uh, there's another report I'll put it in the show notes. One circuit board blew out. What are they running this on? A pet? A Commodore pet? Come on! How about backups? How about multi? How about uh, redundant systems? Come on! This is really important. No, it, it got blown out big time. And this is exactly what happens with an explosion with EMP waves. And there isn't all an all out war going on. There it is a war. And it's between these two factions.
Yeah, we'll see. I'm not buying this one totally. I'm thinking that they shut the thing down for a while so they can move some airplanes around with bombs on them for some reason. And they can't, and so no, there'll be no record of this. Of well, this that occurrence. doesn't explain the explosion. I don't buy the meteorite thing. I just don't. Yeah, well, the explosion. I think it's just a separate incident. But you could, you know, we'll we'll, we'll follow it. The timing is very convenient. Very convenient. There's no such thing as a coincidence. So, you know, I'm a little slow today. Boy, no kidding. That was... I think not. I just, <laughs> whoa. All right, then uh, let's do some cheerful news as we roll it out for today. Uh, Goldman Sachs, that's right. The people who are screwing your grandchildren out of their future will be serving 10,000 free dinners across the city for Thanksgiving. After the $500 million they're making available to small businesses, oh, by the way, could use some over here. Send it on over, Goldman. Hey, Timmy, call your buddies. I need a little bit. After Lord Blankfein said that they were doing God's work, <laughs> they've got such a PR nightmare that now they're, they're making all of the, or 300 employees of Goldman Sachs Group, Wall Street's richest firm have volunteered for the holiday feast and will be tasked with taking out the garbage. Gar Goldman wants their volunteers to sweat, joked Mr. Spooner, who at six foot six towered above a recent tasting session for the meal at Great Performance's kitchens in the Soho neighborhood. You know, this is, and Goldman is a very tight knit club. You know, this is what they do. It's like, all right, we've got a PR problem here. Uh, blank fine as, uh, he made a little slip up there and actually admitted that, uh, you know, the big man, God has told us that we're doing his work. So we've got to pull together here, troops. Thanksgiving, cancel your plans. Cancel your life for the rest of the week. We're volunteering. We're getting out there. We're going to show the good people how cool we really are. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, this will really work. We'll be viewed as heroes. Talk about your shallow. Yep. Huh. In uh, Afghanistan, uh, one of our producers sent us this. I thought that was interesting. Hold on a second. I think I have a huge pop-up here with video that's going to play. Uh, an elite Indi Indiana National Guard unit is patrolling the coast province, helping the Afghan farmers to help themselves. Would you believe... That the team known as ADT. Oh yeah, this is yeah. I read about this. In fact, I, I was looking for a clip that I had of it talking about how this next group of soldiers are being shipped in there, but they have to have agricultural experience. Yeah, they have to know a lot about poppy. <laughs> <laughs> have to get in there and help this this crop because obviously we're not getting the forty thousand uh, worker bees, so we're gonna have to come up with some other scheme. Robert Klein, Captain Robert Klein himself, a Southern Indiana cattle farmer and prosecuting attorney with a master's in accounting says, you can't swing a cat in here without hitting someone with an advanced degree. That's right. These guys are out there. They're doing projects including animal husbandry and para-vet training, water projects to improve irrigation and erosion control, rangeland management, seed improvement, fertilizer application training. How much do you want to bet Monsanto is going to come up with their own version oh, I, I was of, just a going to go there. of a poppy seed? Totally. A better poppy. A better really poppy. Really loaded with, with a lot of <laughs> opium. A lot of opium brought to you by the fine folks over at Monsanto. Monsanto. Who also bring you public broadcasting. Yes. Do you see the connections? Can you play that clip again? 
the uh, Wayne Dwyer clip? No, no, no. The one that that that, that you got with the woman with the the little local oh, yes. radio station. Oh yes, uh, the Monsanto clip. You mean? Yeah, it's a it's a television station. It's not oh, it's radio. a television, it's a television station. station. Yeah, here it is. So this is the National Treasure. Okay, this is public broadcasting, supposedly made pub made possible by people like you. But oh no, here's who's really underwriting the program. Support for WAMU 88.5 comes from Monsanto. Committed to sustainable agriculture and creating hybrid and biotech seeds designed to increase crop yields and conserve natural resources. More at ProduceMoreConserveMore.com. So do you think that there will be a negative Monsanto story on that program? Hmm, let me think. Do you think there would be any critical thinking going on whatsoever about Monsanto on that program? Well, let me think about it really hard. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. So that's your uh, national treasure. <sighs> All right. It's called uh, uh, co-opting. It's an old trick, you know. Stalin used to do it. So I guess, uh, and this is something I came up with in the bath last night. As we were soaking, I said, you know, screw it. I don't care. Here's what's going to happen. Cause we, we can't single handedly save the world. You know, we get, there's a, a couple hundred thousand people who uh, are pretty much in tune with what we're doing. And those who aren't, they're going to take the shot and they're going to die. And it's going to be good because then, then we can start all over again. <laughs> it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. It <laughs> could be turned into zombies. It might not be good at all. <laughs> there was a book uh, I saw at the airport. I got to pick it up. It was like, How to Survive the Zombie Attack or something. I was like, I think I got to pick that one up. There just might be something in it for me. Yeah, well, if they turn into zombies, that will be problematic. I agree. So that's, that's where the firepower comes in. But essentially, let it go. You know, the people who are listening, spread the word to your loved ones, people you care about. If they, if they don't want to join in, fine. You know, you know, they'll be dead and, uh, and, and you will just start all over again. You know, we've got urban farms in, in Detroit now. Which is a very natural yeah, right. cycle. We got a couple of stories on the urban farms. Who are, you know, there's these lots all over the place. These deserted homes, and the place is a mess. And so especially the bet, the more interesting parts. And so, of course, you know, Obama's doing nothing for them. And um, oh, there's the uh, 10:45 right on time. So they're going, yeah. On its way to Sacramento, uh, and they're uh, so people are growing, you know, uh, corn. So one one final. Uh, list here that I have for you. And again, all of this in the show notes, which we do a lot of work on at uh, noagendashow.com, where you can also donate, all right, so that we, you know, so we can continue to scoff Monsanto, who are underwriting and paying for and influencing your national treasure of public broadcasting. Here's a little list uh, of potential new vaccines for 2009. Uh, vaccines for cocaine abuse. Uh, vaccines. No, wait, wait, stop, stop. Yes. I didn't know cocaine abuse was a, 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 a disease with a disease vector. Oh, yeah. It's a virus. It's been well, going around. must oh, be yeah. a virus. Oh, it's a virus. It's a virus. So it must be. <laughs> Development of active and passive human vaccines to treat methamphetamine addiction. <laughs> so that if you work in a meth lab, you can be safe. Vaccines against nicotine. Neglected tropical diseases vaccines. Neglected? Neglected, yes. For vaccines we've neglected. Uh, for tropical diseases we've neglected. So uh, they're going to want me to get a yellow fever shot? Yes. Oh, yeah. Because you, you don't want to neglect that. 
How about prion diseases? What's that? What's a prion disease? Prion? That's bull. There's no vaccine for that. Preventative vaccines against prion disease. It's a coming. I don't... Yeah. Hookworm? Human hook hookworm? Don't you just take a couple of worm pills and you're fine? (laughs) No, you'll take a shot. Uh, Is hookworm a real problem? People are getting hookworm left and right? I mean, I haven't heard about it. You know, John, they just have to step in crap to get hookworm, literally. They just they just haven't started the campaign yet. It's real. We've now seen how easy it is to to make a big deal out of uh, a flu, just the flu. So hookworm, I mean, you could make it sound human. Oh, my God. Do you have the HH? John, do you have the HH, the human hookworm? The Dude, human hookworm. Sh- that hookworm gets in you. It hooks into your organs. It does. They just. It's all about the marketing. Come on, this is what we've learned. We have a new generation of inactivated polio virus vaccines coming. Uh, rotavirus. This this one will be next. I'm not quite sure what rot- what rotavirus is. Do you know what that is? Uh no. Okay, Ed, this is in the pipeline. I've just I've read the documents. Uh, GlaxoSmithKline, all these guys have rotavirus in the pipeline, so they're going to come out with some scary story about that pretty quick. Uh, Leishman, um, first generation Leishmaniasis. Do you know what that is? No, I don't know what half this stuff is. Uh, DNA vaccines. For to enhance immune responses, so essentially, you it's like a vitamin straight shot. adjuvant. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey man, I'll, I don't want my don't water my adjuvant down, man. Just give it to me <laughs> straight. Boink. Here it is: uh, adjuvants for vaccine development, streptococcal conjugate vaccine. What's that? You know, these guys should be working on antibiotics a little more, less of this bull crap. We got a tuberculosis problem in this country, and it's going worldwide because, and we have these other things like, like uh, these uh, uh, MRSA, these uh, streptococcus infections, and need we need antibacterial, we need good old fashioned antibiotics, and they haven't developed a new one because there's the money's in this bull crap that they're doing. I mean, these companies should be busted up. Well, it's going to be really big. They're also in, uh, in bed with the, uh, with the tobacco industry because now there's all this proof coming out that you can grow vaccines in tobacco plants <laughs> and caterpillars. So invest in caterpillars. Uh, but there's a lot of a lot of vaccines being developed with uh, with that. Oh, here's one: a vaccine for the treatment of obesity. How about not eating? This <laughs> thought. Huh. There is a TB write vaccine. That down. Hold there, on. There is a tuberculosis vaccine in the pipeline. Uh, so they're working on it. But again, all of these the the idea of you know so we've all kind of bought into this idea that the science is clear. You know, shoot the shit into someone first, then they won't, you know, boost the immune system, then we won't get it later. But there's no real science on, okay, what does this really do to you if you're boosting people's immune systems, you're giving kids 20 shots before they're, they're five years old? You know, we are at the end of the day made of like water and, and electricity and protons and stuff. You know, this, this, you know, it just can't. I like the description. We'll get a nasty note from someone. What is Adam talking about? Protons. Well, I'm, I'm a layman. (laughs) He's using protons out of context. Yes. What the hell do I know? Ah. All right. 
Okay, if only we had more money, we'd have more time to do more research on this, and I could actually learn about protons. Okay, there's your answer. You want me to be more educated? Give us some money so I can. It will send him to school. Yeah, send Adam to school. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. We need to do PSAs. Ah, fight the zombies. Donate to No Agenda. Agendashow.com, devark.org slash NA. Thank you. So I'll I want to thank, by the way, everyone who gave us a small amount, too. We got quite a few. Those are very important. And if you're going to give us a big donation, please consider also signing up for a $5 a month uh, plan just to keep it rolling. Because those do add up at the end of the day, but we're far from being anywhere. Um, and we're far from doing the dollar a day thing based on cappuccinos. Yeah, cappuccinos from the guy who raised $125 million in Northern California alone. Christ almighty. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West, San Francisco, Northern California. Without the $125 million, I'm Adam Curry. And from what looks to be a rainy day, eventually, in Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. We will be back on Thanksgiving Day, I guess. Right here on No Agenda.